Exodus chapter 12 and we'll just start reading at verse 1 and the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying this month shall be unto you the beginning of months it shall be the first month of the year to you speak ye unto the congregation of Israel saying in the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers a lamb for a house and if the household be too little for the lamb let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats and ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it and they shall eat the flesh in that night roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it eat not of it raw or sodden at all with water but roast with fire his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof and ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire <coughs> and thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand and ye shall eat it in haste it is the Lord's Passover for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt both man and beast and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment I am the Lord and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are when I see the blood I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt and this day shall be unto you for a memorial and ye shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations ye shall keep it as a feast by an ordinance forever seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses for whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day until until the seventh day that soul shall be cut off from Israel and in the first day there shall be a holy convocation in and in the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation to you no manner of work shall be done in them save that which every man must eat that only may be done of you and ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread for in this self same day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt therefore shall ye observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever in the first month on the fourteenth day of the month at even ye shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month at even and so on and we'll have a look at that later on I've been conscious in the last week or so of Palm Sunday and Easter and all the rest of it all these festivals which we celebrate and we talked about Christmas some time ago and all the pagan associations with Christmas Yule logs and all these kind of things which 
have nothing to do with the birth of the Lord Jesus. And we've just finished uh, the period of Lent. You often wonder, why, why Lent? Why 40 days before Easter? Why did, why did the church decide to have the Lent? I mean, Jesus fasted 40 days, but it's nothing to do with coming up to Easter. Nothing. In fact, it was, there are people still uh, keep this 40 days. There are pagan worshippers in Kurdistan, and there are pagan devil worshippers, and they keep this 40 days. And it goes right back to the Babylonian days, this period of Lent. All to do with the spring season and the goddess of spring. And then the church Christianized this. And that's what's happened so many times. The church has taken pagan holidays and they have Christianized them. And they've got nothing to do with Christianity. Easter. Easter comes from the goddess Easter or Ishtar or from the Old Testament biblical one Ashtoreth. All the same, she was the wife of the sun god Baal. All to do with the worship of Molech where they made their children pass through the fire. They had fire offerings to, to, to the god Molech. And Easter is the same and we have the Anglo-Saxon god of, goddess of spring. And here was something I got from a... And this was written by a, somebody who claims to be a pagan. And they wrote, This Sabbath is a fertility rite celebrating the birth of spring and the reawakening of life from the earth. On this sacred day, witches light new fires at sunrise, rejoice, ring bells, and decorate hard-boiled eggs an ancient pagan custom associated with the goddess of fertility. Eggs, the obvious symbols of fertility and reproduction, were used in ancient fertility rites. They were painted with various magical symbols and then cast into fires or buried in the earth as offerings to the goddess. In certain parts of the world, spring equinox eggs were painted yellow or gold, sacred solar colors, and used in rituals to honor the sun god. The aspects of the goddess invoked at this Sabbath are Eistra, uh, a Saxon goddess of fertility, and Ostera, the German goddess of fertility. In some Wiccan traditions, the fertility deities worshipped on this day are the green goddess and the lord of the greenwood. Like most of the other pagan festivals, spring equinox was Christianized by the church into the religious holiday of Easter which celebrates the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this is written by a pagan. Easter, which is named after the Saxon fertility goddess, was not officially given the name of the goddess until the end of the Middle Ages. To this day, Easter Sunday is determined by the ancient solar calendar system, which places the holiday on the first Sunday after the full moon, on or following the vernal spring equinox. Formerly this marked the pregnant phase of the triple goddess passing into the fertile season. Easter, like every other Christian religious holiday, is rich with an abundance of pagan overtones. Customs and traditions such as Easter eggs and Easter bunny. Eggs, as previously discussed, were ancient fertility symbols and offerings to the goddess of the pagans and witches in both Western and Eastern cultures. 
including the goddess Ostara, whose escort was a rabbit. That's why we have Easter bunnies. Traditional pagan witchy foods of the spring equinox Sabbath are hard-boiled eggs, honey cakes, and the first fruits of the season, and milk punch. And that was written, actually, by a pagan, showing that we have Christianized a pagan holiday. And we have the same, if you look at Ezekiel chapter 8, we have the same thing all over again. We have the goddess <coughs> Tammuz. And Tammuz was a fertility goddess. And if you look at Ezekiel chapter 8 and verse 14, one of the abominations that was shown to Ezekiel when he saw what was happening in the country, he said uh, in verse 14, and the angel brought him to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was towards the north, and behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Now Tammuz was a, a fertility goddess. Just, uh, displayed quite often with a baby. It was the same thing as the Madonna type of thing. And here was the Tammuz, was a goddess. And these people, where was this? It was happening at the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. And we are bringing all these customs, these pagan customs, into the, the Lord's house. Oh, you say, you're going over the top. Well, I want to point them out to you. You can decide for yourselves whether we go over the top or not. The biblical Ashtoreth was the same as the goddess of Easter. And some of the customs we had, some of the customs we have, if you look at Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 7, and verse... 18. Why do we have hot cross buns? <laughs> Seem fairly harmless. <laughs> I love them. But why do we have them? Here's the reason we have them. God is speaking. And if you go eight, uh, chapter 7 verse 18. The children gather wood and the fathers kindle the fire and the women knead their dough to make cakes to the Queen of Heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto other gods that they may provoke me to anger. Do they provoke me to anger, saith the Lord? Do they not provoke themselves to the confusion of their own faces? Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, mine anger and my fury shall be poured out upon them. Yes, they made hot cross buns. And these little buns were round buns. And what do we do? We Christianized them. We put a cross over them. So we've made them into holy hot cross buns. But you know, isn't it amazing that some of the customs we have go back so far and we don't know why we do them. <clears throat> I was listening to the Sunday program today. And do you know what the latest thing is? There are yew trees. Now trees and yew trees and various kinds of trees were, were used in pagan worship. We know that. And some of the trees in the churchyards are over, they reckon, 2,000 years old. Amazing. And they have slipped 30,000 slippings from these trees. And they've been growing them in these tunnels. And they're going to distribute them 
round the churches in Britain to plant in their graveyards. And that'll be, there was a bishop on this morning and he said, well, it'll give us a continuity with the past. These trees were so old that they were pre-Christian, he said. And it'll give us a continuity with the religions which were pre-Christian. It's unbelievable that they even think up these ideas. I don't know how they think them up. It's incredible. But that's what they're doing. They're millennium yew trees that are going to be planted all over the country to give a continuity. What did the, the ancient kings, when the good kings came back into power, into reign, they cut down the groves because all these groves were, were to do with idol worship. And now we're planting them again. We're starting the whole process all over again. Where was Tammuz? The women were weeping for her in the gateway of the church of the house of God. We're bringing the things back in again. Where did it all start? Well, it all started in some ways. Well, going back to the eggs. You know, the, you know another reason about the eggs? Venus was supposed to have fallen from heaven as an egg into the river Euphrates. And the, the fish in the river pushed the egg out of the, the river and she, the egg hatched out and Venus hatched out of the egg. And that's why we still have these things of rolling, rolling eggs on Easter Sunday. We roll the eggs. That's what it is, it's pushing the egg out and roll. It goes, it goes right back to ancient heresies. Amazing. Constantine, he was the one, the great, Constantine the Great. He, he, he joined up the churches and the state. He was supposed to have seen a vision of a cross, a burning cross and a, a vision and a dream or whatever it was that he was to join up all those things. And he burned, joined the church and the state. And the, 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 they, the, he then began to have, he Christianized the pagan holidays. Up until then, the Christians were being persecuted. And when he came into power, when he became Christian, the, the Romans stopped persecuting the Christians. That was one thing. But then, soon after that, the church and state started persecuting them because they wouldn't fall in line with the state church system. And he had a synod, the Nicene Synod, and they decided that they would have various holidays and Christianize them. And instead of having a new holiday, they, 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 do you ever wonder why? Do you ever wonder why? Jesus was crucified at Passover time. Why don't we have Easter at Passover time? Seems so obvious. Instead of that, we have this complicated system of its, uh, how did she say it here? It's the, uh, today Easter is determined by the ancient lunar calendar system which places the holiday on the first Sunday after the full moon on or following the vernal spring equinox. But everybody knows when Passover time is. I mean, Passover nearly coincides with Easter this year, but it doesn't quite. But sometimes it's, it's quite a distance away. Why do we not have it at Passover time? 
when Jesus was crucified. That's what it says. Well, they wanted to get away from the Jewishness of Christmas, of Easter. The Jews were being persecuted at that time by all sides. And the church decided that they wanted to distance themselves from the Jews. So they changed the time of Easter. And they changed it to a pagan holiday. Now, the people up until then were being persecuted. And anyone who was a Christian was a true Christian. But when Constantine made it the thing to be a Christian, and if you weren't a Christian you couldn't get a job in the state or in the, in, in, in the church, then people suddenly became Christians. It was as simple as that. And then, uh, to keep the, the popularity of it going, when, when they wanted to change this holiday from the Passover time to Easter, well, they, they, they looked at and saw that there was a fairly decent holiday when people kept, and they kept this spring equinox holiday. And so they, they changed it to Easter. Uh, and it got away from its Jewish roots. And the date for Easter was decided by the Council of Nicaea. But you know the thing that I think is probably one of the worst things? Imagine, it was bad enough changing it, but imagine calling a Christian holiday after the name of a pagan goddess. It's, it's incredible when you think of it. They, they changed the, the date, they changed the time, and they called it by the name of a heathen goddess. Incredible. Well, there we are. That's why we have it. And what is the legacy as a result of this? Well, we went back to Exodus. You know, we could go into that in a lot more detail. But I don't want to, to, to labour it too much. But, you know, someday we will go into it in, in, or write something out a lot more detailed of it. We have the story, that wonderful story in Exodus of a wonderful deliverance. A wonderful deliverance. And they had to kill a lamb on the 14th day of the month. They were to get the lamb first of all on the 10th day of the month. And they were to keep it and just decide to make sure it was pure. And on the 14th day of the month they kill the lamb and then they put the blood on the doors and on the lintel, on the door side post and on the lintel. And God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And just as an aside, we said this the other night, people say, I claim the covering of the blood. When they're going into a situation, they claim the covering of the blood. The covering of the blood here covered them from the wrath of God, the judgment of God. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. The, the blood of Jesus Christ, when we become Christians, the blood of Jesus Christ covers us from the wrath of God. The wrath of God. 
And then we receive the Holy Spirit into our lives and he leads us and guides us and gives us the power to resist sin. So when we are going into a situation we don't claim the, the blood of God the blood of the Lord Jesus the power is already within us. We have that power of the Holy Spirit and we ask him to give us the strength to face the opposition. The blood protected us from the wrath of God. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, but he that believeth not the Son hath not life, and the wrath of God abideth upon him. Do you guess it? We, before we become Christians, everyone who is not a Christian is under condemnation, under the eventual wrath of God. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and for me, and the wrath of God was put on him. He bore the wrath of God. And because he bore the wrath of God, we don't have to. But until we come into that loving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we are under condemnation. We are under the eventual judgment of the wrath of God. And these people, the, 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 the judgment of God passed over the land. And he said, when I saw the blood... I will pass over you. The lamb had been slain and this was a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ being slain. You know, he was taken and on the 14th day, the day of preparation, when the Jewish elders, the Jewish leaders, what were they doing? They were examining the lambs. The lambs were brought to the temple. The, the priests examined them for blemishes. And they had something like 60 or 70 things to look for in a lamb. They had made it into a very complicated business. But the Jewish people were bringing their lambs to the, the temple to be examined. On that same day, Jesus was brought before Pilate to be examined. And when the lamb was declared without blemish, it was taken away and killed. On that same day, Jesus was examined. What did Pilate say? I find no fault in him. He was faultless. What did they do? They took him out and they killed him. The same day. Wonderful. The 14th day. Which was a Wednesday incidentally. But we can go into that some other time. Jesus wasn't crucified on a Friday. Why, do, why is that... Yeah. Well, I'll just look at it for a minute. Why? Why was Jesus crucified? Why do we say that Jesus was crucified on a Friday? When he said, the only sign, what sign did Jesus give the Jews that he was the Messiah? They, they wanted signs. They were always wanting signs and wonders. Like people today, they look for signs and wonders. They don't, this the, the business in the Christian life, taking up your cross daily and following me. People don't like that kind of message from the Christian life. They want to see wonders and signs all the time. But the Christian life, Jesus said, and, 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 and it's repeated again in the, the, the epistles, take up your cross daily, Jesus said, and follow me. It's a, it's a battle, a battle around us, a battle at hand, a battle in which we must fight. For there's no hope at all, and each one will fall unless we do what is right. 
and every injustice and every disease and the lonely refugee will just stay the same unless in the Lord's name they're dealt with by you and by me. I can remember the words of the Lord for those who cannot cope. I have plans prepared for you to give a future and a hope. It's a battle. We're in a battle. Well, yes, three days. What message did Jesus give them as proof that he was the Messiah? The only one he gave them was that as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights on the cross and, 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 and before he rises again. That was the only, and if Jesus, if the devil can work it in some way that we think that Jesus was not three days and three nights dead before he rose again, he's one, hasn't he? It has to be three days and three nights. It cannot be Friday. It cannot be Friday. If we believe and it's true that Jesus was crucified on Good Friday and rose again on Easter Sunday morning as they talk about, he's not the Messiah. It's as simple as that. He has to have been buried three days and three nights. Has to. Or he's not the Messiah. That was the only proof he gave them. He says, I'll only give you one. That's three days and three nights. You see, it all boils down, and, and very quickly, it all boils down, if you read Leviticus, you'll see that when they introduced the Sabbath, uh, introduced the Passover, and all these feasts, a feast as well as having the Sabbath at the, on the normal Sabbath day, there was also a high day within that feast. There was always a, a high day, which was a Sabbath and if you read, I think it is John, it says, and that Sabbath was a holy day, was a high day. And the Sabbath that they took Jesus down from the cross from was not the weekly Sabbath. It was the Sabbath of the feast. And I'll talk to you afterwards if you want to talk more fully about that. But that is the thing. Jesus was, born, uh, was crucified on a, it has to be on a Wednesday, and he rose again three days and three nights later. We have this wonderful story in Exodus of the redemption of the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of sin. Egypt always refers to sin, the world. And they were taken out through the blood of the Lamb and we are taken out of the world. We, we leave the world behind us and we come into that living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ through the blood, through his sacrifice. And everything you say, that's great. They must have had, they, they all lived happy ever after, after they came out of Egypt. But they didn't. Things went from bad to worse because they were constantly mixing the holy things with the worldly things, the profane and the holy. And every prophet in the Old Testament is constantly preaching out against the children of Israel who were mixing they wanted to have a foot in both camps they wanted to, be, to do one thing one day and then to be holy the next day and it doesn't work and the, the culmination of it while they were in the wilderness was in Exodus 32 they, they had been given manna, they had been given food they had been given water out of a rock they had seen all the wonderful things that God had done and what did they do? 
as soon as Moses turned his back and was away for a few days they made a golden calf and they said this is the gods that brought you out of Egypt and we say don't we ha, ha, dear me how could they have done that you know how could they have been so foolish how could they worship a golden calf but we're as bad we have been brought, we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and yet as we live our Christian lives we are constantly trying to mix the profane and the holy. We're not prepared to stand up for Jesus, to stand up and be counted all the time but we are always mixing it. You know there's a story of King Ahaziah and he uh, took ill, he fell actually, he fell out of his window and went through the conservatory and, and hurt himself. And the first thing he did was he, you'd have thought, he should have got the prophet in. But instead of that, he inquired from one of the false gods, from Beelzebub, the god of Ekron. He, he, he wasn't too bad a fellow, I don't think, but yet he was mixing the profane and the holy. And what did God say to him? Here was the message it says. It's in 2 Kings 1.16. For as much as thou hast sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, is, is it not because there is no god in Israel to inquire of his word? Is there no god in Israel that you should not have inquired? Therefore thou shalt not come down off that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. He said, is there no God in Israel? We, are we always conscious? Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will fall into place. That's what he's saying. If we put God first in our lives, if we forget about all these uh, attachments, put God first. In celebrating the death and resurrection of our Lord and Saviour, we do it in connection with pagan gods and pagan traditions. When you think of it, it's, it's crazy. Crazy. Even the holiday is called after a pagan god. We must give account of ourselves. 2 Corinthians 5.10 I must hurry on really 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 and these are serious thoughts really for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad we as Christians will come before the judgment seat of Christ and we'll be judged according to what we have done while we are here on earth the Bible says we can either build on, we're building on the foundation of Jesus Christ, but what we build on top of that, it either can be wood, hay or stubble. That means stuff that will burn away, because we'll be tested like by fire, it says. That's the picture. It's a picture of we either build with gold and silver and precious stones on top of it, or we build with wood, hay and stubble. And then we set a match to it. And this, the gold and silver and precious stones will stay there, it will stand the heat, but the other thing will be burnt away. But your soul will be saved, it says. We must give account of ourselves. 
What are we celebrating? We're mixing the profane and the holy. And Paul says, come out from among them and be ye separate. That's what it is. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Now we're not meant to be isolated in this world. We cannot, but Paul says we have to mix with people. But we don't have to be with them in everything. Come out from among them and be separate. We're to be insulated from the world, but not isolated from it. Are we going over the top a bit? Let's just look at Deuteronomy 12, and, clo and this is definitely in closing. Deuteronomy chapter 12. Verse 29. When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whither thou goest to possess them, and thou succeedest them, and dwellest in their land, take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by following them, after that they be destroyed from before thee, and that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. They were going into the, the land of Canaan and, and this was the, the warning that God was giving them. And this is the warning that he gives to you and to me. We're, 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 we're in the land here that he has given and we're living our Christian lives here in this world. But he says, take heed, take heed that you don't serve their gods. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God. For every abomination to the Lord which he hateth have they done unto their gods. For even their sons and their daughters they did burn in the fire to their gods. What things soever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. That's, the, that's, that's a great verse. Don't add anything to it. But don't take anything away from it. Stick to what the word of God says. Stick solely to that. If you can't get proof of it in scripture, discard it. It says, Thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. Just some thoughts I had on Easter. We even call the Christian holiday after a pagan god. It must grieve God's heart that the central thing that Jesus came to do was to die upon the cross for you and for me. And we have made a pagan holiday and all the attachments of pagan worship, we've attached them onto that central theme. We have uh, taken away the, 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 the time it took place at. We've, we've even narrowed it down. The proof that Jesus said that he was the Messiah was to be three days and three nights. We've cut that out. We've, we've done all that. In, and this is Satan taken away from the glory and beauty of the cross of Jesus Christ. And we have mixed the profane and the holy. And we have been warned by God in Deuteronomy not to do that.